Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Corey Hepler, and you are listening to the Crazy Monkey Inc. podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Jared Gifford, and this is now the 19th episode of this long-running series. I am super excited to be talking right now tonight because we have a fantastic show for you tonight. Oh, yeah. This is actually pretty awesome because we've got a... We've got a few really cool um, uh, things in the works. Um, we uh, we actually have a a new cool uh, top ten list we're introducing tonight. Exactly. Um, and uh, you know, uh, just uh, just address several things uh, in in maybe the company or even the comic industry that maybe people don't know about. You know, it's gonna be a good podcast today. Now, Jared and I had talked. I believe it was just this morning or just this afternoon about possibly doing the podcast on favorite sci-fi. That's actually the the, the uh, big thing we're hitting on tonight. Um, is um, because sci-fi is is so many different. There's so many different subgenres within sci-fi. Um, we felt like. We felt like we needed to divide it up into two lists. So we're going to do our top ten overall sci-fi, and then we're going to be doing a top ten sort of uh, dystopian sci-fi or, or post-apocalyptic sci-fi. And we're going to be concising li- the lists as well because we don't want to draw too much attention to one title because... I I know I know how I know how we both are. We yeah. have an array like a list uh-huh. of sci-fi movies that are just out of this world fantastic. But yeah, but but what we're gonna try and do is we're gonna try to concise the list up as much as we possibly can, and we'll give you key points as to why we like a certain. Um, is why we like a why we like like a certain movie, but we're trying not try, try to dwell on one title for too long. That way, we can get through the entire list at a fairly decent rate. Um, with that being said, do you want to start off with your list first, or should I start off with mine? You know, the last podcast we did, coincidentally enough, was me doing mine. So I believe when we do these list ones, we should go back and forth. So I'm going to pass the buck off to you Uh because I know there are so many sci-fi movies I could name off. And I know I might be naming off the stuff that you do. Oh, yeah. But you have been watching... Even if our list happened to cross over, I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, I think what a lot of people would like to hear is why we personally like it. You and I may like the same movie, but we may not like it for the same reasons. Exactly, and I know that there are some sci-fi movies that you've seen that I haven't, yeah. and vice versa. So this is a good thing that we both do a list so we can both yeah. bounce ideas and movies off each other for maybe some recommendations for later. Oh yeah, and uh, anyway, with that being said, so we can kick this off and get it, uh, and get, it get through it uh, quickly and concisely. Um, I'm gonna start off first off with my top ten overall sci-fi list. Now, are um, you doing just like general sci-fi? Or are you doing sub subgenre? Um, I'm doing. This is pretty much it covers everything sci-fi. I'm gonna have. I'm um, right now. I'm only gonna be covering one subgenre. Um, as, as we've talked as we talked about before. Yeah. The first one's just gonna be overall sci-fi. So it's anything that's considered sci-fi. Okay. Um, 
My second list is that's going to be the more uh, post-apocalyptic sci-fi. So that would be your your sci-fis which are set in a post-apocalyptic future. Yeah, because there there are yeah. quite a different uh, yeah. sets of subgenres of the sci-fi universe. Yeah, and so and, and I remember you and I talked about that. So so we can cover more sci-fi lists later because there's so many subgenres in it. But right now. Tonight we're going to be just covering overall sci-fi and and and, and uh, post-apocalyptic sci-fi. Well, then I'm going to shut the hell up and I'm yeah. going to pass the ball off to <laughs> you yeah, because I've been talking we're for good. almost five minutes now. Yeah, you, we're good. Um, my my uh, my list once again, no particular order. I I, I love all these about the same amount. Uh, but uh, but let's see. Uh, number ten. Number 10 in terms of sci-fi, um, let's see, that one, I would have to say, um, Star Trek The Motion Picture, and I'll tell you why. Um, thing is, I will admit, it's not my favorite Star Trek. Yeah. But, what I like about Star Trek The Motion Picture is it was the first one to bring the star bring Star Trek into films, mm -hmm. and and a lot of people don't give it that that credit. It was the first Star Trek movie. It had some really great effects, and and another thing that they don't give a lot of credit for, Jerry Goldsmith did the score for that. Mm -hmm. Jerry Goldsmith does some excellent movie scores, and. And and while they kind of were kind of erratic with the composers because I noticed they they played juggled with they juggled with the composers throughout all the movies because like first movie Jerry Goldsmith second and third movie of course James Horner um, and then it's just it was like it was like they they kept juggling all these different ones um, and um, and uh, anyway um, so uh, the, you know they juggle around with composers and uh, but like I said I mean. Uh, out of all of them, I'd have to say that my two favorites were Jerry Goldsmith and, and um, James Horner. And, and anyway, um, so even though I found Star Trek Motion Pictures plot to be really slow, I mean it wasn't a bad plot, but it was it was just really really slow. I mean if you if you like that that slow build up, that Isaac Asimov kind of feel, you'll, yeah. you'll like that. But okay, in 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 terms of this, uh, in terms of this, what I liked about it was I loved the effects. I love seeing the characters again, mm -hmm. and I love the music. Um, anyway, um, my number nine, um, and I know I, I, I had this in one of my lists before, but it's still a good one, and it's still a, it, it, it works. It works. With, it works as a great fantasy movie. It works with a great sci-fi movie. Um, Krull. Krull. Krull's another one I would put in there because it works in both genres. It, it's a good fantasy, and it's a good sci-fi. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, and for those who are not familiar with that, I mean, just it's think just think uh, like if Lord of the Rings had like laser guns and aliens. That's pretty much what Kroll is. So it'd be a bunch of aliens trying to destroy a ring. <laughs> uh, okay, okay, okay. I, uh. I, I guess that could be misconstrued. But but overall, basically, what it is is what you've got is it's mainly a fantasy, but it's got sci-fi elements in it. Oh yeah, I understand. I was just yeah. You're good. You're good. Yeah. Um, let's see, number eight in my overall favorite sci-fi's, and a lot of people don't remember this one, but it's a movie called Explorers, and it it was it was a really cool one because it was kind of like half a inspiring uh, inspiring movie about 
about teen kids, and then and then the other half was kind of this this kind of interesting alien movie uh, because because uh, I'm trying to uh, be be as concise as possible, but in this movie, a group of kids ends up having this dream. <laughs> and it's basically what they would do. They don't realize what it is, but they've all been having this shared dream. And in it, they see this, um, they see this sort of like design for like, for like a chip, uh, okay. like a mic, like a microchip. Um, and, um, what it ends up, uh, what ends up happening is they find out that subconsciously they've been getting signals beamed into their heads from, from uh, it's basically a message from aliens. That's kind of cool, actually. Oh yeah, and then uh, and then anyway, um, throughout the course of it, it, you know, you have the kids they're building their own makeshift spaceship and everything, and it's just kind of this cool little coming of age story, right? Mm-hmm. But then, but then it also is this really cool sci-fi because then they end up going up into space and meeting these aliens. But then it has this really hilarious twist in it, and I don't know if I want to spoil it for people or not who haven't seen it, but it's just, it's really hilarious what the twist is with with the aliens in there. And, 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 and I mean, they had good reasons for contacting them, but, you, you know, audiences will laugh at the revelation as to, uh, as to how it all happened. Um... Anyway, uh, that's another one of my favorites. Um, another one of my favorite sci-fi's um, is um, uh, I really love the movie uh, Logan's Run. Logan's Run was really awesome. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Actually, that's actually one of the few sci-fi movies I've seen almost just as much yeah. as Aviator. Oh yeah, and that's 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 my number seven pick. I love Logan's Run. One, well, I like the whole fact is because I mean I wonder because in, in my view it reflects a lot of, of how people go throughout the years. Because they, interesting enough, we go through phases mm-hmm. as people, and I think that people will, you know, for some odd reason, uh, you always have like the younger generation resenting the older generation, and it just kind of inevitably happens. And that's uh, and that's kind of like a foreseeing yeah. continual pattern. Yeah, and, and, and in fact, this basically just takes it to the extreme, where basically people who are of a certain age are basically eliminated from society because they believe that they're not contributing, that they're a detriment to society. Um, basically, in this in this movie, in Logan's Run, once you hit the age of 30, you're considered not useful anymore. Yeah, you basically you basically run out of use. Yeah, and, and then they have these people called runners that um, will basically go out and, um, and, and, and they'll basically eliminate the people who've turned 30 years of age. Which is sad uh, because, you know, yeah. anybody that's 30 or above, basically us... Yeah. Um, you still have so much more of life think, to give. I, well, I think as long as you're alive, my personal opinion, I think as long as you're alive, you can still, you still have an opportunity to contribute. You still can do something. Exactly. So to me, age makes no difference. Anyway, uh, try to move this list along. Yeah, you're good. Uh, no, you're good. Now, my number six um, overall sci-fi um, would be Enemy Mine. Ooh, that one was really good too. Oh yeah, and I love it because it's had this really great message to it. Because mm-hmm. what I love about Any Mind is basically a story about um, uh, Dennis Quaid crashes on this planet, and him and this alien have to kind of work together to basically live in harmony, um, and uh, and they have to survive together. Um, and what it's really about is basically I love it. It's a movie about overcoming prejudice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's showing that. 
at the end of the day, what matters is that we're all living beings and that we're all helping each other. Um, and, and we have more similarities than we do differences. The biggest problem I think in life that people have is that they try to divide themselves. And the whole thing is, is that at the end of the day, we have to realize that we're all human beings. And the interesting thing is, if we were to focus more as a society on the things that we have in common rather than the things that we differ upon, yeah. we would be so much better off. Oh yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. Um, anyway, um, moving along, uh, my number five overall sci-fi that's like one of my favorites, uh, once again I said no specific order, Yeah. Um, would be, uh, and I'm going to lump them all into one thing, um, the Robocop movies. Um, with the exception of three. Three I only found to be okay, but uh, at least one and two. One and two, I really loved in RoboCop, especially the first one. Now, I have a quick question for you before yeah. you continue. Do you feel that they could have made RoboCop 3 better with um, certain elements from one and two? Well, certain things were, um, were done wrong with RoboCop 3. First off, they did not, um, um, they did not get... See, I wish I, why can't I remember his name right now? When I'm not asked offhand, I know his name, but but, the, but anyway, um, and I'm sure someone's going to correct me on this later. But anyway, the original actor who played as Robocop, um, he he was in the first two movies. They should have gotten him back. Um, if it, you know, if they couldn't get him back, they shouldn't have just done it. Yeah. Because the problem is, is nobody else can can play Robocop the way he played Robocop. Um, he just he set the precedent. Um, and then, um, and then also, and this is what happens with so many The reason why part here. three was so different is the fact oh. that it was meant to kick off the series. Um, for those who don't know who that is, that was, uh, Derek Gifford, he's my brother. Um, you know, occasionally he'll contribute to these, uh, podcasts. <laughs> he's, he's the silent guy in the background. <laughs> we love him anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that was pretty much another thing. And then um, and then another another reason I think that contributed to it was the fact that um, and they always do this with certain movies. Whenever you go whenever you go PG thirteen with a rated R movie series, it never works out. Whether you go PG or PG thirteen, the whole thing is you can't do a complete audience change for your movie and then expect it to be as good as the other one like they did with the Die Hard movie oh well, yeah or like they did with the uh, with conan and its sequel or conan the barbarian and sequel conan the destroyer yeah because they they went from a rated r movie to a pg movie and it didn't work and it didn't sell nearly as many yeah. tickets as well yeah well it's, it's just what i'm saying it just doesn't work when you do that anyway um Let's see, um, but yeah, just, but, but like I said, but I'll, I'll, what was it again? Oh, but I love RoboCop just because uh, you look at that and it, it, it's one of those things that, funny enough, even today, you watch the original RoboCop, and I'm not talking the freaking remake. Yeah, you're talking about the, the original original, uh, the original from the RoboCop, 80s. yeah. Um, when uh, Peter Weller, that was his name, thank yeah. you. Peter Weller, uh, we watched the original Peter Weller RoboCop. 
it looks plausible. Even today, it still looks plausible. It looks like that's a future that could happen. Exactly. Um, you know, I mean, it does. You mean, you know, you, you, I'm looking at revolutions in, um, in in artificial limbs these days, and the way things are working. It really looks like people in some time point in the future could have cybernetic bodies. So RoboCop seems seems pretty plausible to me. Mm -hmm. Um. And, uh, and and what I like about it is it also is sort of it, it's it makes fun of consumerism because you notice interspersed throughout the movies and I don't know how many people notice this but you've got those 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 little commercials that'll happen in between it mm -hmm. and that was that was the director's sort of take not only on basically how people seem to be getting a lot more cold when it comes to the future but a lot of people are much more interested in consumerism. Yeah. Um, no, I like it. It's actually pretty clever if you look at that. Um, anyway, my number four overall favorite sci-fi um, is... Um, man, so many right now. Um, I'm trying to remember. Um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. God, you know, because I, I wish I could just, like, throw them all into one thing. They can be cartoons, too. They don't have to be live action. Oh, no, that's true. No, no, and there's a lot of sci-fi cartoons that I even like as well, as far as as far as far movies go. Um, I, I'm just saying, it's like, I, I just, I just got to stop and think, oh, I know, Titan AE. That's actually a good one, and I love that one. And, and it's one of those ones that I think is one of the more underrated um, Don Bluth movies. And and I love it because it's one of those things that I think I think it applies. It's one of those things. that's just got a good story to it. I mean, yeah. I mean, for the most part, it's a sci-fi movie. But I think it's a movie that even if you're not a sci-fi fan, you'd still appreciate it. Oh, it's yeah. just fun. It's got. I think it's got some good characters, and you know, and I kind of like the fact that it's you know, it's basically got this kind of premise predicated on the fact that humanity has. Um, uh, has had to leave Earth because they're, they've been destroyed by an alien race called the Dredge. Well, not they haven't been destroyed, but their planet's been destroyed. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and they've had to go out and live out on space colonies. Plus, um, the soundtrack to yeah. that movie is fantastic. Oh, it is. It's really freaking awesome. I mean, I, I still listen to it to this day. And once again, I think it's under, as underrated as the movie is. But I think as it was becoming because it was coming off the hills of Anastasia. Because mm -hmm. Anastasia was like a huge hit for Don Bluth. I mean, it made millions of dollars. Yeah. Um, and then and then he decides to do this sci-fi with Titan E. And like I said, I thought it was awesome. And most of the people I know thought it was awesome. Yeah. But I guess it didn't make the numbers that Anastasia did. And unfortunately, we didn't see a whole... We didn't see any movies from Don Bluth after that. Which which is kind of a tragedy because, like he said, I mean, I, he, to me, he's one of the better animators out there. Um, and I was uh, under the impression, and I think yeah. other people were as well, after Anastasia, a lot of people were under the impression that he was going to continue making those kind of films, so when mm -hmm. he brought out Titan AE, it was kind of like a hit from left field, and they're like, yeah. well, where's the funny, quirky, ha-ha well, romanticism, yeah. you know, that well, your characters have? Well, this I mean, isn't in Titan kind of like, AE. I think they were kind of used to the uh, musical kind of thing, too. Because like, yeah. When you look at Anastasia, it's set up like a musical. It is. Because because you've got, as you said, you got the funny, but then you have the singing bits. Mm -hmm. It feels almost kind of like an animated play. Um, Titan AE just feels like a straight-up, Action adventure, fun sci-fi movie, and so maybe that, that maybe that was why they got thrown off. All I I don't know, 
All I can say is I enjoyed it. I thought it was great, and it's it, to me it's a tragedy it didn't do that well. Yeah. Um. Anyway, my number three pick, Treasure Planet. See, and I yeah. knew for a reason yeah. you were going to pick Treasure Planet. Yeah. Because not only is that an apex to your Darum comic, mm -hmm. it's also an apex to a story that we both treasured way back in the day. Oh, yeah. Um, well, Treasure Planet, uh, if most people aren't familiar with it, it's uh, it's a an adaptation of Treasure Island. Um, what they've done, though, is they've taken the Treasure Island story and they've changed it slightly to be more of a steampunk slash futuristic kind of thing. And they did a uh, gorgeous job with oh, the yeah. art. Oh yeah, uh, and that's what I'm saying. So, 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 so they, so they basically did put a sci-fi twist on the Treasure Planet, or the Treasure Island story. And that's and an then, underrated one as yeah. well that not yeah. a whole lot of people give credit for too. Oh yeah, the, the, that's another one of my favorite Disney movies. Yeah, uh, and not a lot of people. Yeah, you know, you, you don't hear it in casual conversations. You either hear like the Disney classics, or you hear some of the more recent stuff. Yeah, and. And, and yeah, I think it's a tragedy because it, to me, Treasure Planet was awesome, you know. And uh, and then that, um, and 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 then uh, let's see. And then my my number two, and a lot of people would say that this would should be my number one, but uh, but you know, once again, this is not. I, I love them all in in the same order, but, but whatever. Uh, my my number one's gonna make sense when I get to it. Um, my number two would be all the Star Wars movies. So you're kind of clumping the whole saga into one big... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, well, because the problem... Uh, I'm, 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 well, at least I'm going to go original trilogy here. Okay. Um, I like all the Star Wars movies, uh, with a few exceptions here and there, but, I, but, I, but, but once again, I am a Star Wars fan. Um, but when it comes down to it, I will agree, and, and I will agree with most other fans out there, that the original trilogy is the best one, but that's because it's the one that started it. Exactly, and, and and it's the one that introduced us to that universe, and so the whole thing is it's like you know, and then and, and and then I just you know I loved a lot of the whole I loved the whole thing. It was it was just a fun action adventure sci fi movie, and it was and and and, and it, it it kind of taught me, especially in terms of my own stuff. It it taught me about basically uh you know um you know just um. Uh, how a story can not only be fun and exciting, but you can actually put a lot of heart and pathos <clears throat> and, 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 and just and have, have it be kind of sort of Shakespearean in a way. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, <clears throat> and to me, that's what Star Wars movies represented. You know, it was storytelling to me at its finest. And they brought yeah. out some very enigmatic characters as well. Exactly. And, 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 well, and it was based on two of George Lucas's big influences. Um, George Lucas was a big fan of like the old Buster Crab uh, Flash Gordon serials. And then he was also a big fan of the Akira Kurosawa Samurai movies. Yeah. And what he did with Star Wars was he intermixed the two. It, basically what you get with Star Wars is it's like it's like Flash Gordon meets Akira Kurosawa. Mm-hmm. You know, nice. and, and that's essentially what you get with it. My number one pick once I once I get to it, the the, the Marvel pipes not gonna probably uh, it's not gonna surprise anybody. Flash Gordon. See now, I knew that you were gonna do Flash Gordon be yeah. for, for two yeah. reasons. Yeah. A, growing up with you, you yeah. couldn't stop talking about how fantastic Flash Gordon was. Yeah. <laughs> and B, 
It's frickin' Flash Gordon, for crying out loud. Well, it's fun. It's a fun movie, and what I like about it is it doesn't take itself too seriously. A lot of people, like, will, will like, try to nitpick it. And then and then and then be like like but, but why do this why do that and it's like and it's like it's just supposed to be fun it's just supposed to be a fun action adventure popcorn movie that you turn your brain off and you just have fun with it yeah it, it's 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 not supposed to be a, a an overthought movie and I, I believe with those kind of movies and those kind of sci-fi movies people. Mm-hmm do like to turn their brain off and not think yeah. and just watch a really decent movie. Exactly. Anyway, um, that's my overall uh, top 10 sci-fi list. Um, now I'm going to try and squeeze through um, quickly as I can mm-hmm. the post-apocalyptic uh, list. In fact, what I'm going to do now, just just so we can save on some time, because and, and, and this will still cover uh, my favorites and give people a good idea, I'm going to cut it down to a top five instead of a top ten. Okay. And so I'm going to go with my top five favorite post-apocalyptic sci-fi movies. And then I'll do top yeah. five as well just to match you. Yeah. And, uh, and anyway, um, with uh, my favorite post-apocalyptic sci-fi movies, um, number five would definitely be all the Mad Max movies. Oh, nice pick. Oh, yeah. I like that. Oh, yeah. And, and then for those not familiar with the Mad Max story, um, each movie, um, at least with the first Mel Gibson trilogy, um, I still suggest watching Mad Max Fury Road. Really good, but that's more of a... It's a movie that's sort of, so supposed to be based in between those movies. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, but at least with the Mad Max original trilogy with Mel Gibson... Um, the story is like it's like you go further and further into a post-apocalyptic post-apocalyptic future in each movie. The first movie is based in a more near future mm-hmm. where um, law and order is sort of decaying, and and you have these bike you have these uh, biker groups that are sort of like roaming the streets and just sort of creating chaos everywhere. Yeah, and and fuel is starting to become a precious commodity. Um, and, uh, People anyway, are starting to kill for it. Yeah, they're starting to kill for it. Um, anyway, what happens is, um, in the first movie, Mel Gibson is this cop who basically takes on these biker gangs. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what happens is um, he's wanting to retire, and then he, he actually leaves to try and get away. But then what happens is the leader of one of these biker gangs kills his wife and child. Yeah. And then, a, and then he, Mad Max just, he, once again, and this is the reason why they call it Mad Max... Not because he's angry, but because it kind of, in a way, breaks him. Yeah. And then he, and then he just goes on this spree of revenge, killing all the different bikers for um, good reason. Yeah, yeah. Once again, and it's not, it's not for a bad reason. It's just you know, um, and uh, and then and then the second movie, second movie takes place about five years after that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, in the second movie, um, is, uh, in Europe it's known as Mad Max 2, in the States it's known as The Road Warrior. Yes. Um, and then this one might be more familiar with people, and this is the one where, um, basically you have these group of people that they're trying to, um, they're trying to protect this fuel, uh, that, that they have, uh, from this... Uh, roving gang of marauders mm-hmm. and who are basically trying to steal it from them and they've been basically uh, they basically have kidnapped some of their people and have been you know uh, just doing horrible things to them beating them 
uh, violating them and, uh, and 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 killing them in some cases. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, they're you know they they say that they're not going to stop these things until they give up their fuel. Yeah. And what happens is um, Max happens to be traveling through at the time, you know, just kind of going about his own business. And um, what happens is um, they uh, he he basically lets them know that. He said the only way they're going to get out of there, because he, he, he saw a tanker on the way in. And he said the only way they're going to be able to get that fuel out is if they get the tanker. Yeah. So they basically hire him to basically help them get the fuel out. I mean, at first, it's one of those things that you don't think he gives a shit or anything. But the funny thing is, it's like Mad Max, to me, kind of reminds me a little bit of Han Solo. That basically, <coughs> he pretends like he doesn't care, but he really does. He, he pretends like, like it's all about the money for him. And, and then uh, the third movie, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, is based actually about 15 years after that. Yeah. And um, what happens is, is now, now mankind lives in these different sort of makeshift villages. And, and Max goes into this place called Barter Town after he basically gets his vehicle stolen from him from, from this common thief. Oh, okay. Um, and, uh, and then what ends up happening is he finds out that Barter Town basically is having a power struggle between... Um, see, God, we, when I put on spot, I forget their names. But You're good. It's, but between, it's between this lady that's played by... Um, uh, it's between this lady who's um, played by Tina Turner... And um, and and then this uh, and then this one other guy, uh, this one other midget guy named uh, Master Blaster. I, I don't know if midget's politically correct nowadays. Uh, uh, maybe I call him a dwarf. Uh, but uh, but basically, uh, but yeah, this this smaller guy named Master Blaster. Uh, well, uh, um, named Master Blaster. Uh, uh, technically, it's two people because Master is the smaller guy, and then Blaster is the bigger guy who who basically he. Uh, he, he's always with. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, this power struggle ends up going on, and then um, what happens is Max basically finds out that he's basically being used in this power struggle, and um, and and then he kind of tries to get away, um, and then um, and then he finds this group of kids who's pretty much uh, been abandoned uh, by the uh, by their parents. Uh, more than likely, they just end up dying trying to find help. But what happened was their parents had gone off to find help, and they left them there. And yeah. they told them to stay there until they got back. Well, anyway, they basically became this sort of like Lord of the Flies kind of tribe, where where basically they have they 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 speak almost like in a in a primitive way, um, and, and they sound um, because because the way they speak, it's almost like um, they haven't been civilized. So you almost get the impression that. All of them have been there since they were like either tiny babies or since uh, or uh, the older ones were like maybe small children. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway. Um, sorry. Sorry. Uh, I, I went off on that one. Anyway, my number four uh, favorite um, uh, post-apocalyptic sci-fi. Um, it would probably be crap. Uh, Book of Eli. With uh, uh, with Denzel Washington, that one was decent. I liked it because um, what it reminded me of was kind of like the the video game franchise Fallout. Oh, okay. Um, basically had this post apocalyptic uh, society that 
Like, they built a new society on top of the old one. Mm-hmm. And, and they were still looking for artifacts and things that were valuable from the from the old society. Okay. And, and I kind of like that. And and then there, I love the kind of twist with the character. I'm not going to give it away, but I like the twist they have with Denzel Washington's character, and you, and you find out certain cool things about him. Anyway, my number three favorite post-apocalyptic sci-fi. Um, let's see. Um, hold on. I got it in my head. I can't, I'm, 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 I'm having a hard time with the... Oh, oh um, this is... They had an animated movie, mm-hmm. and it's also a series, but I'm going to go with the movie here. Um, Fist of the North Star. That was actually cool. In yeah. fact, they made it a whole mm-hmm. um, comic story arc, and the comic was so beautifully done. Oh, yeah, and it's just really cool. And what I like about it was, at least, at least the movie version... Movie version was done by the same people who had done the movie version of the original Vampire Hunter D. Yes. And in fact, if you watch both movies, and this is for this is Easter egg for the people who who are fans of both. Um, if you watch, if you watch Vampire Hunter D, you'll see two um, Fist of the North Star characters in the background. If you watch Fist of the North Star the movie, you uh, when you go and um, look through look through the big crowd that gets gathered near near the end of the movie mm-hmm. you'll see d in the background that's cool oh yeah and and so so that's that's another one um my number two favorite post-apocalyptic sci-fi um i would have to say um and, and once again i know this is a series but it's still really good it's still really awesome um trigun Tri- Ooh. Yeah. Trigun's awesome. Oh yeah, well, basically Trigun, uh, I like it because it actually feels more like a western, mm-hmm. but it's actually a post-apocalyptic sci-fi. It's like if you were to take uh, Wyatt Earp and put him in the post-apocalyptic dystopian era. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and then my um, number one favorite post-apocalyptic uh, sci-fi, interestingly enough, and one... People will debate this because some would say it's more time travelish or whatever. But what I'm ta- but I'm talking about like the future that it came from, and, and even though you got time travel in it, mm-hmm. it's still to me a post-apocalyptic sci-fi. The Terminator series. Well, and you got to understand because the Terminator series came from a post-apocalyptic future. Yeah. You know, and it, I mean, you could split hairs all you want about it, but it really yeah. is a post-apocalyptic movie in the core essence of what it was for mm-hmm. and what it was made for, because you look at everything that it is, yeah, and it just screams post-apocalyptic. And I will Love, argue that yeah. to the hilt with oh, anybody. Yeah, exactly. No, you and I are both in agreement on that one, and, uh, and I would say if anybody's going to watch the Terminator movies, now, like, say... You know, all of them are pretty good, or pretty decent in one way or the other, some better than others, but I would always say this, just kind of like what I'd say with the Star Wars movies. In terms of the Terminator movies, watch the first two. Mm-hmm. The first two James Cameron movies have got the best feel and the best tone to it. And and that, to me, feel you know, that to me is definitive Terminator. Yeah. Um, Number and, three was yeah. good, but it wasn't... 
as good. Well, it felt formulaic. It felt like it was just trying to copy what number one and number two is in. But remember, this was number three on, for those who weren't familiar, what happened was James Cameron had ended up, what, what happened was he had a rights dispute with, with their producer at the time. Yeah. Um, it, which was Mario Kaser. And um, what happened was uh, the producer had ended up actually getting the rights to the Terminator franchise. Mm -hmm. um, and so basically with number three, number four, number three, number four, number five, it was done under um, different directors. Um, and that's why you had this sort of sea change in the Terminator franchise. And yeah. Then with, and then actually with the newest movie coming out, I guess apparently James Cameron has the rights have reverted back to him. And he's actually going to be producing and helping out with the writing of this new Terminator movie. Oh, so it's going to be good. Yeah, and, and it's actually <laughs> going to be directed by Tim Miller, the guy who directed the very first Deadpool movie. Oh, thank you. You know it's going to be amazing. Then. Yeah. You've got the original director. You've yeah. got the original for Deadpool. If they don't make this one funny, I'm going to be yeah. pissed. But anyway, um, that wraps up mine, so I, I, I'm sorry I took up so much time. No, you're good. But, uh, but now let's hear your top ten overall sci-fi and your favorite top five post-apocalyptic. Okay. Um, for number ten, and it comes as no surprise yeah. for sci-fi, and some can argue that it's not sci-fi, and some will argue that it is. I don't fucking care either well, way. this is your personal list, so True. it don't matter. I look at Cat from Outer Space. Oh, yeah. Well, technically, it is a sci-fi. Anything has to do with outer space, w w whether people want to admit it or not, is usually um, a sci-fi. The only exceptions, and I'm going to lay this out, the only exceptions is maybe movies about, movies that have to do with, like, astronauts in the space program. Yeah. That is not sci-fi. That is yeah. space. That is a completely different effing genre. Yeah, but but anything that let me put it this way, anything that's a fiction, and usually and usually based around science or space, anything that's a fiction, that's science fiction. Exactly. Um, my number nine pick is E.T. Oh yes. See, uh, once again, and then that's why I said that you know we have like have a top run hundred for everything I wanted. But yeah, no, E.T. Oh, that that's actually a good pick. Exactly, and another one. I really hate that people don't think this this is a sci-fi movie because it really is, mm -hmm. in all essence, sci-fi because it's using time mm -hmm. and travel at the same time to make it an epic mm -hmm. trilogy. Back to the Future. See, I know that one of us was going to throw it in there eventually. What's funny is I remember my top ten overall favorite like movies in general. I'd actually I'd actually put in uh, Back to the Future in there. Mm -hmm. and, and no, I agree with you. It's a great trilogy. But it's so many genres, what I like about it. It's like you can't call it a one-genre film. You really because can. Because I can actually put it in many categories. It works as a great comedy. Uh -huh. It works as a great sci-fi. Yes. It works as a great romance. Mm -hmm. um, it's it, got drama in there. Yeah, it works as a great drama and suspense movie it, it's just it's 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 so many genres compacted into one uh, one epic trilogy exactly and i have one that i know you absolutely yeah. adore yeah short circuit one and two. Oh yeah so, so you're putting them both together for your number seven slot yeah 
Oh I'm, yeah, that one. Well, that's yeah. Oh man, that movie seems so great. Underrated too. Exactly. A lot of people don't even remember that movie nowadays. In fact, I think most people it's either either older or our generation who remember Short Circuit. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And another one I know that you know that you probably don't think that I know. Cocoon. Oh no, I knew you knew about it. Yeah. Um, Cocoon. Once again, another really good underrated movie series. Um, and, and you know, and, and and for those who don't uh, who aren't familiar, um, it was also directed by Ron Howard. Uh huh. Um, and he's directed a lot of really great movies. Uh, one of them being Willow, along with George Lucas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I believe this sci-fi is called No. Uh, I think it's called No Batteries Necessary. No, 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 no. I know what you're talking about. No Batteries Included. No Batteries Included. Yes, that's what it was. That one was like one of those really cute, funny sci-fis that they had the they had this really cute old couple that came along with these uh kind of like uh. Yeah, these aliens that would roam that would roam around and like help them out. Oh yeah, I totally remember this. It was really awesome. It was, and it's another one that like the Back to the Future movies because I like to point out. Yeah, um, batteries not included is a movie that's so many genres. Uh huh. It is a comedy. It is a sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a heartwarming movie. It really is. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's so many things into one thing, and I love it. And, and you're right, it's it's so great. I mean, I never thought I could, you know, think that because like most sci-fi movies, to make aliens look like either really freaky or something, it's one of the first movies where where you're right. All the aliens in it were like really cute. Mm-hmm. They were like they were like these things that you actually really cared about, and and they were, and, and you know, and and you were almost like. I mean, I, I'm not trying to downgrade it or anything, but it's almost like they were like these really cute pets. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was really great. But no, I, I agree. I, I mean, I love the fact you're reading out some really <laughs> great underrated movies. And one, I know we're doing movies, but I have to throw it out to the series because... Yeah, oh, yeah, you it, can just, let's just do it. Just, let's just go ahead. Um, pretty much every Doctor Who known to man... You know, if I would have known we were going to go down this route, I would have totally thrown Doctor Who into my list, too. <laughs> no, you, I, I love the fact that you bring it up. And, and you and I can both agree on this consensus, and I'm sure it's on... It, 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 this will be like, while we're including Doctor Who on, on your number four, I'm sure that um, you and I can both agree. Our favorite Doctor. Doctor number four, Tom Baker. Exactly, because Tom Baker just made the quintessential Doctor and who... Every other doctor after him would pattern at would pattern from. Oh, exactly. Well, and and I like it because he was the most eccentric out of out of all of them. I mean, yeah. all the doctors had their own little quirks, and that's what I loved about the Doctor Who series. That yeah. each doctor would have their own pers- distinct personality and their own set of quirks. Yeah. And 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 then I love the fact that you bring that up. And so and, and but Tom Baker, Tom Baker was an original. Yes, Tom he Baker, was. like. He was he was that he was that really awesome eccentric guy you wanted to hang out with because because I mean I like it I, I watched this behind the scenes thing yeah and one of the guys actually said he's like Tom Baker had this kind of personality that if you asked him he was like it's like wonderful day isn't it and he'd be like is it is it yes yes it's a wonderful day <laughs> now I'm going to defend the new Doctor Who. Yeah. For a second. Oh, go because ahead. Because 
I know it's had its detractors. Yeah, because here's the thing. Yeah. I understand that the Doctor Who fans from near and far know the fact that the Doctor Who is a guy. Yeah. Here's where I'm going to pull the FU card. If anybody decides to diss the new British woman who's doing... Who's the new doctor? Mm. I'm literally gonna come unglued because not only has she starred in various other sci-fi's that are absolutely gorgeous, yeah. she is a perfect fit for the new doctor. Well, and I like the explanation they have for this. The whole whole thing is, you got, they gotta understand the doctor is an alien being who 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 think they can regenerate, they can turn into a whole new person. Yeah. So if they can if they can change into a whole new person, what's to stop them from changing into a whole different gender? Exactly. And so, and th this may be how I just feel, or mm -hmm. a couple other people feel. I hope that they do a litany of mm -hmm. female doctors from the future on, because I feel mm -hmm. that female roles as leads. They don't get enough appreciation that it really actually kind of irritates me. I just think what it should come down to, what it should come down to is this, and, and I, I'm going to be down the, I'm going to be right down the middle with this. Yeah. I don't think it should be any one specific gender or race or whatever. I think the role should go to whoever earns it. And here's the whole thing. In her case, I think she's earned it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think she was the best uh, actor for the part. Exactly. And and that's what I'm saying. If it, in the future it turns out to be another white old guy, well then so be it. If he can do the if he can do the part, let him do it. Yeah. But then if it turns out to be then if it turns out to be another woman, great. If it turns out to be another ethnicity, great. It's whoever gets the part. Yeah. I think the only the only thing that should be a stipulation on the doctor, since it is a British show, mm -hmm. and it. And it's sort of one of those things that it celebrates its Britishness. It has to uh, be Brit. They have to be. They, British. It has to be British. That's my only thing. <laughs> any any doctor, at least British Isles or something, because because enough, um, 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 the last doctor, um, 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 God, why am I blanking? <laughs> Tenet. You're talking no, about Dave Tenet. No, the last, very last doctor, the one before the woman, um. Uh, he was the twelfth Doctor, the older guy. Uh, I can't remember. Oh God, why can't I remember his name? No, you're good. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, see, I'm blanking out. I'm blanking out. I hate being put on the spot because I blank out. We're going on a tangent. Um, but uh, but anyway, the last Doctor, um, he was Scottish. But uh, mm -hmm. but the whole thing is basically British Isles. Yeah. Anything British Isles, so th that's what I'm saying. Anyway, um, and, and 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 just like James Bond, I think you know it has to be British. But technically, with James Bond, I do think that has to be a guy just because his character has been established as a guy. But, yeah. Anyway, I digress. And what's your number three overall sci-fi? My number three overall sci-fi is one that not a whole lot of people have seen. Um, it's kind of like one of those B-rated science movies that if you were to mm -hmm. have seen it, awesome. If you haven't, that's fine, too. Mm -hmm. And I know you're gonna giggle because it's it's okay because it's got a weird funny name extends extends um that sounds familiar um I'm not quite sure if I remember the plot though I'm not gonna give it away at all I'm just gonna say go rent or watch that movie on Netflix because not only is it extremely amazing sci-fi it is funny as hell oh yeah. Uh, well, uh, definitely. As I said, I, I remember 
uh, I remember seeing it a long, long, long time. I, yeah. I was like a little kid when I saw it, mm -hmm. and I haven't seen it since then. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm only remembering small things. Yeah, you're fine. Um. Anyway, uh, moving along, your number two. My number two is one that a whole lot of people are going to be like, holy cow, that's your number two? It should have been your number one. Mm -hmm. But it could go to the number one spot, but it's at number two because I have a big number one for number one. Mm -hmm. Tron. Oh, yeah, Tron. See, I love the fact you point these out. You, <laughs> you point out things that maybe I didn't think of, but I still love as well. Yeah. No, Tron is actually a really good movie. That, that to me, I was like... A, Interesting enough, yeah. You know, by today's standards, it doesn't look that great. But I remember when Tron came out, they were using effects that just—it it blew my mind at the time mm -hmm. because they were using computer effects in a movie. I was like, "Oh my god, is this actually possible?" Exactly. It's like I was like, like I said, nowadays it looks what they would call quaint. Yeah. But back then, oh my gosh, it was so revolutionary. I just remember my mind being blown. Watching Tron, and, and and to this day, it's one of my most favorite sci-fi's to watch. Yeah. Anyway, uh, your number one, which probably won't come as a surprise to me. <laughs> probably won't. It might. You yeah. never know. Yeah. Um, my number one, and I know a lot of people are going to argue with me because yeah. not only is it a recent sci-fi, it's also one that if you haven't read the book or the series, you'd be like, "Why the hell is this your number one?" Yeah. And it's got Harrison Ford in it as well. Hmm. Ender's Game. Oh, yeah. Actually, uh, that's actually a pretty good one, too. Um, it's one of those ones, interestingly enough, those, those who aren't familiar with it, because uh, uh, those who aren't familiar with it, basically it, it, it's about a story of this kid who's basically trained to be, like, the next big uh, sort of super soldier. Yeah. Um, but they train them from a young age so that basically... By the time this alien invasion, which is supposedly supposed to be coming, happens, the kids are already well-trained killers. Yeah, and they train them with a simulated game yeah. that they don't think is doing anything, and they feel that it's just a game. Yeah. And I'm not going to spoil the ending, mm -hmm. but I believe that if you were to watch the movie... Mm -hmm. Okay, go ahead and watch the movie. That's fine. The movie's freaking amazing. Mm -hmm. However... To get a deeper appreciation for the movie, read Ender's Game, the book. Because not only is it such a fantastic uh, book by Orson Scott Card, if you uh, read the rest of the series, you'll understand why I'm Ender... I'm going to go one further on hold, that. Hold on. Oh, sorry. You'll find out why Ender ends up having such a deep appreciation for the enemy. Oh, yeah. So I'll even go one further on that. I would I would urge people to check out the graphic novels mm -hmm. from Marvel. There, Marvel came out with a version of graphic novels for Ender's Game, and they are done by various amazing artists. Yeah. Um, so no, I would urge them to check that out. Exactly. Anyway, um, let's run through your top five um, post-apocalyptic sci-fi. I'm gonna go really fast because I don't have a whole lot of time left. Uh, it's um, okay. Book of Eli. Just because I love anything that Denzel Washington is in, because he's an amazing actor. Oh, exactly. He's in this, and you and I totally both agree on that. <laughs> that that's a good film. Um, I Am Legend with, uh, with see, and I William wish I, Will I, Smith. I, 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 I wish I'd remember that, too. Um, I also will go one further on, on that one real quick. 
And I would urge people to go and check out Last Man on Earth with Vincent Price, which actually derived from the same story. Exactly. Um, and Mad Max Under the Thunderdome. Beyond Thunderdome. Beyond yeah. Thunderdome, because yeah. to me, I love the whole Mad Max series, mm-hmm. but Beyond Thunderdome really gave it that quintessential post-apocalyptic dystopian era that everybody kind of like. I'm actually glad you said that because the funny thing is I'm actually in the minority with that as well. I, I'm with you. I actually kind of like that one the best. Uh, and I know a lot of people are like, oh, but come on, you know. You know, it went from, it was one, to me it was one of the exceptions. Because mm-hmm. it was a movie that went from rated R to PG-13. Yeah. However, I think it was good because it had a more theatrical feel to it. It really did. Um, had an excellent soundtrack. Um, and, um, and, and, and I like it. You're, you're right. I think it sold the post-apocalyptic feel a lot better than the other movies. Now, please, I do not want people to misunderstand. I am not dissing on the other Mad Max movies. Mm-hmm. I love those movies. But just Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, I, to- I totally agree with you. I think it's quintessential post-apocalyptic. Yeah. Anyway, um, next one now. Um, I know this isn't necessarily post-apocalyptic, but it could be. Mm-hmm. Imagine Isaac Asimov's iRobot had it been more into the dystopian era where robots have taken over mm-hmm. what the future is supposed to be and now we are their mass are we are their servants. Hmm. Interesting. So so, I know that's kind of an interesting twist on the iRobot Isaac Asimov, and I know a whole lot of people aren't going to agree with me, but I don't care. Oh, well, once again, uh, but 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 still, it's still technically sci-fi. Yeah. May, you know, once again, a lot of people debate on you on the post-apocalyptic sci-fi, but mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I still think personally, it's something that meets the criteria. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, what about your number two? Um. My number two post-apocalyptic. It would have to be the very first Mad Max movie. Aha! See, and I like that one too. And that, that's another one that, um, like, like I think the third one does get overlooked from time to time because most people usually, when they start with the Mad Max series, they usually start with the Road Warrior, which is actually out of place because yeah. for those that aren't familiar, it goes Mad Max, then the Road Warrior, aka, as I said, in Europe it was released as Mad Max 2. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome and then Mad Max Fury Road. Mad Max Fury Road kind of fits somewhere in the middle because, you know, he was using the same car that he had been in the Road Warrior and the first movie, but, but once again, in, in, by Beyond Thunderdome, he was using a completely different vehicle. So yeah. you knew that Fury Road would be somewhere in between there. But no, I love the fact that you mentioned the first movie. Yeah, it's... It's a lot of people may not consider it that, but yeah, pretty much it's it starts. In fact, that was one of the movies that kind of um, helped popularize a lot of the post-apocalyptic genre. Mm-hmm. And my very number one pick, and you had done it as well, mm-hmm. but I absolutely I love this anime, yeah. Trigun. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So I totally agree with that. Um, this, you know, I mean, that's the whole thing, and a lot of people. Don't understand this, but yeah, I mean, it works as a great western. Uh huh. It works as a great sci-fi, but it also works, just as you said, great post-apocalyptic scenario because it's all of those things. And I love how the the main character 
he he is so hell-bent on making this post-apocalyptic future as best he can, mm-hmm. you know, for what little they've been given in this post-apocalyptic yeah. basic this this horrid oh, yeah. excuse well, for a really, future. Well, a little bit about him is he's kind of the tragic hero because the fact is, like, when you first meet him, he seems like he's this this horrid goofball. Yeah. Um, and he's got this bad reputation. He's got this reputation that he's this horrible person and he destroys every village he comes to and blah 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 blah. What you actually find out is he's a tragic. Is that. Tragically, he's actually trying to save these villages, but the problem, <laughs> but what the problem is, is that, um, is, is that, um, he has an enemy, and once again, I'm not going to go into the background of these enemies, but, but, but to not try and give too much away, but I'll let you, he has an enemy who basically keeps following him around and ruining anything good that he does. Yeah. And so, those are my five top post-apocalyptic movies, and no... Mm censor order it's just how we, we they hope fell. you've enjoyed these lists uh we we invite people to maybe add some of their own stuff talk about things um hey maybe even give us a suggestion or a comment or two mm-hmm. um the only thing we ask is please be as respectful as possible you know the the, the thing is if you don't agree with our list it's okay this is our personal lists and we're not trying to say that that you should like the same things we like. These yeah. are just these are just the lists that we like. And hey, if you happen to like them, please check these things out. Or if there's something you're intrigued by. But if these don't appeal to you at all, it's okay. As I said, you can go ahead and give more suggestions. But just please, please be respectful about it. Exactly. Now, Jared has always it has been fantastic having you as the co-host of this. Mm show oh it's always good to be here and uh, you know i mean uh that's that's the thing you know i mean as as long as you want to do the show i'm willing to do it with you always so you know <laughs> i mean and hey 19th episode that's that's a landmark episode man so it really I mean, is and uh, and i'm looking forward to when we can uh you know when we can get to the 50th episode when we get to the 100th episode i will definitely be here <laughs> yeah you know what and uh and uh, I, uh, we at least have a, a, a few minutes. Um, any announcements to make on the Crazy Monkey Inc. front before we wrap it up? Uh, Furious Pencils and Inks are happening as we speak mm-hmm. for Cadence Larker's Furious. Um, I just got the 17th page done by Gaspar Rico for Taxi Cab Joe number 2. Mm-hmm. And I just got uh, page number seven done, uh, Letters and Colors and Inks, I mean Letters and Colors by Mike Montalvo, which mm. Gaspar Rico has done an amazing inking job with. Oh, yeah, and for those who are interested in these projects, please visit our website, crazymonkeyink.com. We have a list of um, all ages. We have a list of mature. Mm-hmm. Um, check our titles. If anything appeals to you, please check it out. We have digital copies for $150. We have print copies for $5. Um, please check it out. Share amongst your friends. And please, these things are important. Tell people about it. Yeah. I mean, you know, share it on social media. Tell a friend. 
tell a family member, tell anybody at all who likes good reading. And and uh, and so you know, spreading the word is so important. Anyway, that being said, those are all the announcements we have for Crazy Monkey Inc. Awesome things are coming. Even more projects are in the works. And you know, and, and we've got. It's going to end the year great. And then we're and, and, and you know, it's just going to be awesome. So that being said, that's it. All right. Have a wonderful night. Be good to each other. Show each other love and excitement. And above all, be fantastic to each other. Have a wonderful night, everybody.